Okay, well, welcome to our Coffee with Alan time today. Welcome. Um, we are going to be talking about a couple things today. I wanted to talk about from our from my sermon on Sunday. Um, a couple things. So the first one was um, I, I talked about uh, this this concept of you know hate, you know loving those loving your enemies. And uh, for this is from Luke chapter six. I'll just read that real quick. Just a little bit, a little bit of that. Uh, so Luke chapter six is verse twenty-seven. Uh, but I say to you to, who will listen, you know, listen up. Love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. If anyone takes your coat, don't hold back the shirt either. Give to everyone who asks, and from someone who takes your things, don't ask for them back. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. So I started out with um, this uh, this. This conversation about what you know, what what hate is, or, you know, or your enemies, like you know, loving and hating, and, and these different definitions to the different words. If you haven't watched the sermon, go back and, and watch it. On it's on the website, uh, and also on our Facebook page. But um, just starting out with this this uh, definition of good and evil, love, hate, uh, friends, enemies, um, and so as, as we get into this you know, part, what does it mean to be an enemy? What does it mean to love your enemies? So, love, as we talked about, you know, the steadfast devotion to good. Steadfast devotion to flourishing, to someone's flourishing, uh, and then we think about uh, enemies. So, what does that word "enemy" look, you know, mean? What does that look like? So, it's someone who is who's hostile toward you, someone who is at war with you, or at least is someone who is there's an anger uh, between you and hostility to where there's no reconciliation, at least po- you know, at least mentally possible for for one or both parties. Uh, so, it's this this continual hostility. Um, between two people, or at least between a person and a thing, or between, you know, between two people, or a person and a lot of people. Anyway, it's hostility between parties, uh, this being at war with someone. Um, and so as we think about loving your enemies, so loving, being steadfastly devoted to their good or, their, or someone's flourishing. And so being steadfastly devoted to those people who are hostile toward you. Now, a lot of times in our culture, so I wanted to touch on something about our about our enemies. Oftentimes, we can perceive, though, you know, of course, those who are outright, you know, hate us, you know, berate us, and everything. But even in our in our culture today, um, oftentimes we can interpret our enemies as those those who simply disagree with us. And it's amazing to think about how much that actually comes to affect our hearts and our spirits. I had a text conversation with. Uh, with, with our, one of our ladies in the church and just uh, talking about how that becomes so difficult, especially when you're being corrected for something. You know, someone has a differing opinion and, and you want to come together into, into a dialogue and a discussion, but it's almost like that first text message or that first conversation that says, I disagree with you or be, you be warned about this. Sometimes we can have that feeling of, Ugh, and there's a hostility in our heart, like a defensiveness. Now, if, you know, this is kind of, you know, confession time, um, I, I, I tend to struggle with being defensive. 
and and riling up in, inside of me like how dare you question my i tend to grumble sometimes and so it, for me it's it's coming back to that heart of being humble that heart of humility um that actually i just read that this morning in my devotional time with the lord as we're reading isaiah um isaiah 66 and uh this just, this really it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, I think I even shared it on my Facebook page this morning after I read it. Because um, it just, it just hit my, my spirit like a ton of bricks. And uh, this is uh, Isaiah 66, verse 2. Uh, the second part of it, it says, I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submi- submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. Um this is the, I want to say that again. This, I, I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word, respects the word of God, loves the word of God, uh, fears the Lord. He said, the fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. Um, and so, and, and that word submissive, being submissive in our spirit. So that word submissive, submission is, is bowing to other people, is to consider others more important than ourselves, is to humble yourself before the Lord because he's more important. But also this aspect of submitting one to another. It says in Ephesians uh, chapter, four, chapter 5, uh, it, sa- it says this, um, yeah, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making most use of the time because the days are evil. And I've, I've read this this scripture passage a few times on this on this podcast. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to, to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. Submitting to... To one another in the fear of Christ, the trembling of you know, in, in honor and respect and awe of Christ, um, and then it continues on. This is you know, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So it actually the word there in in chapter in, I'm sorry in verse 22, the word submit is actually not there. The word submit is taken from verse 21 in the verse right before. It's submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And what it actually says in verse 22 is actually wives, likewise, to your husbands. And so it's this, as we submit one to another, we're submitting one to another. And that means it's, it's, a, it's a conscious decision to consider someone else as more important than yourself. It's a conscious decision to say, they said something they disagreed with, maybe something I said or something that I like. I need to take, take note here. I need to, to, to listen up. I need to listen to my brother or my sister in Christ as they're either trying to warn me about something or they're loving me through something or they disagree with us. And maybe we still disagree with them. But like I said, out of fear, submitting to one another and in the fear of Christ, giving thanks forever to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And because because of that thanksgiving, because of that that communion of saints, because of the, the love of one another in the church, that is how we can submit to one another because we are trusting Christ. We're fearing the Lord and, we, and we're submitting not to just to anyone, but submitting to those who are also have a fear of the Lord and also we believe have the Holy Spirit in them speaking to us. 
and helping to, ca to catch our attention and point us in a different direction. Now, we're not always going to be right and we're not always going to come to the same conclusion and we're not also always going to, you know, just because someone disagrees with us doesn't mean that they're right and just because we believe something doesn't mean that we're right. And so we might actually come to a completely different conclusion together that maybe it's somewhere in, somewhere in, maybe in the middle. That it's not this over here that you know that you know you know that we're being pulled to their opinion to their side, but we're not also trying to like fight them and pull them over to our side. It's we're coming together in this common space, and maybe that does happen. Maybe we reject what our beliefs and reject what we what we have favored or or thought, you know, and we come over to to what the you know how they're viewing something or quite the opposite. Maybe they are you know their their criticisms are unfounded, and they're like, oh, I was wrong. Or we come to this middle ground where we're like, we consider both, both sides. We consider somewhere in between. Uh, or somewhere in a different, you know, a third option, right? Um, but we prayerfully come together. And I, I love how I just read this in, in a book. Uh, it just said, you're talking about how the table is this place where we reconcile. We, oftentimes that's where the, the, the best space for reconciliation. If you're in an argument or a fight with your spouse, Go and share a meal together. Go on a date, you know, or just come to the table, share a meal together, share stories around the table with each other, and then that sets the ground to have a conversation of reconciliation because you are coming to this common ground. You're eating a meal together. You're sharing a meal together, and uh, being able to listen, being able to speak truth into other, into one another's lives, um, and it, it creates this space for reconciliation, this space for love. How love is shared around the table. Uh, love is shared over a meal. Because we share meals with the most intimate people in our lives. Wanting to, to go and, and pursue someone in a dating relationship, you take them on a date. To, you know, to dinner and a movie or, or just dinner or whatever it is. And so coming to this, this space where um, <clears throat> we love those who we even... In our, in our emotions, they may not be our enemies, but we might interpret them in that moment as being hostile against us and, and internalize that as this, oh, they're against me. And so how do you know, this friend, this brother or sister in Christ then becomes an enemy. And so how do we fight that in our heart? We, we need to fight the, the uprising within our own, within our, and, and have that check in our spirit of praying, of stopping what we're doing, praying letting the Lord speak, letting the Lord um, move in our spirits to, to not make them an enemy in our hearts. Because I think in our, in our American social media mentality where everyone's got an opinion and everyone got, everyone's got a voice, we've been trained that that person that comments on our, on our, our, you know, our social media thread, like we post something on Facebook, someone, disagree with, someone disagrees with us, I'm being persecuted. I'm being hated. This is my hater. Versus... How, how can we see that as someone who is loving us by maybe bringing up a new, a new angle or a different, different way of seeing it in our lives and welcoming that opinion and taking notice because they're our friend for a reason. They're our brother and sister in Christ in the church and they're given God's Holy Spirit, like I, like I was just saying. And so being able and willing to trust the, 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 the guidance of the Holy Spirit to say, I need to listen and I need to receive. And maybe we just come to a place of disagreement. Maybe I'm, I'm one over to more of their side or completely repent of, of my, you know, change my mind completely. Or maybe I need to engage in order to bring them, okay, maybe you disagree, but, but let me, let me talk, to ask to you and talk, have a conversation about maybe why I believe 
this, you know, this and, that, and or that on this on this side of the argument, um, and then being able to engage in that friendship. Um, in essence, maybe the first thing is like in our mind, not to say that in reality they've a, they've actually sinned against us, but maybe in our spirits, maybe in our hearts, we need to forgive so that we can engage. So in our hearts, you know, the feeling of forgiveness, getting past, getting through the offense. Um, because I think in our American culture, it's so easy to, to get offended by disagreement. But how do we engage with people? You know, that's the question that we need to ask. How do we engage with people that, that disagree with us, that see things from a different perspective? And, that, and that's why I, I, I went into this, this, you know, the second thing that I wanted to kind of talk about and bring into this. Um, and, and, and in essence, maybe even like kind of not double speak, but try to like rein back maybe the, the passion in which I said it, you know, the, that I said, you know, the gospel is not black and white on, on Sunday. And, I, and, I, and I, I want to be careful with how I even speak about the gospel. I want to, I want to speak about the gospel in this, in the sense of reverence and not just quickly, quickly speak things. Um, and I think I may have done that a little bit on Sunday in, uh, just, I, I was, I was bringing in something that wasn't developed. It actually wasn't in, the, in my material when I even said that and kind of went into that. And so um, I, I need to learn to pick up on those cues and to stop what I'm saying and say, okay, maybe I'll come back to that next week after I've developed it or you know, it's maybe a different portion. Even, even my wife was saying, yeah, it was good, but it just was out of place. And so it may have gotten lost and maybe the understanding of it may not have been there. It may not have been beneficial for us. And so... So I want to say, I want to repent of that, bring it back, um, you know, nix it. Yeah. And, that, and that to say that the way that we encounter the gospel is not black and white. The way that someone who is raised in, in prominence or in, in a certain life experience, you know, abusive, you know, divorced parents or, or you know, and, and brokenness in their family, abuse or poverty, like, you know, or you know, being a minority, being you know, brought into in, in a great godly home, um, being being raised in the world, like not even knowing Jesus, and so we we all bring a different life experience and perspective to our understanding of the gospel. And so I do want to do want to reiterate, I do want to iterate, throw this in there, that the gospel itself is Christ. the The only way to be saved is through Christ. He said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father." except by or through me. The only one who allows people in, into heaven is Jesus. So that, I want to make that perfectly clear. The only one who, who receives people into the kingdom of God is Christ. So believing in Christ and placing your faith in Jesus Christ is, is how he's, you know, Peter's, you know, Peter's gospel that he, that he proclaimed. Repent, you change your mind, change your thinking about your reality and believe the gospel. Be baptized, be immersed into Christ, be immersed into the kingdom of God, be immersed in by the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, and walk in the newness of life. Um, change your way, you know, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow Christ. Um, knowing that he died and took up the cross for you, made you righteous, made you holy, by the blood of his cross and promised us he, he crucified the old man and his, and his desires like he says you know in, in romans romans chapter six um, the old old man the old self is has been crucified with christ and is buried with him colossians one and you know, and we the nails of the cross crucified me with him uh, my old self with him and i and i died 
And so it's no longer I who live, but now Christ who lives in me. The resurrection, raised to the walk in the newness of life. The resurrection of Christ is my resurrection. And so that is the gospel. It is only through Christ, believing in Christ and Jesus. Now, the way that we come to that and the way that we receive that, the way that we believe that, the way that we feel and experience that is different from person to person because of our life experiences, our spiritual gifts, our our our, our, our circumstances, our personalities, just how we engage Christ. Because if we believe that each person is, is created individually by God, then we have to know that we have, a you know, God... God has a purpose and a plan for how he creates each person to engage with him. Um, he doesn't just want all of us to come to one experience, one pers- perspective, um, because that would be boring. <laughs> but also because, I mean, that's not even God. I mean, that God created each person to experience and, and to bring something different to the table, to bring something beautiful to the conversation uh, of our faith, to bring something amazing to the journey of Christ in one another's lives. That's why I said, you know, all of us have a way, have a, you know, have a need to participate in cultivating the body of Christ. You know, and ears and eyes and arms and legs and toes and, and, and you know, and, and noses and mouths. And we, we all play a different role in the body of Christ. We all are a different, you know, portion, a different part of the body of Christ created for a specific reason, for created, created for a specific purpose to benefit the rest of the body of Christ, to build one another up in love, to build up the body of Christ, um, Ephesians 4. And so I just, I want us to see that the gospel is not black and white, but the, the gospel is, is full technical, full technicolor of colors that we don't even know yet, <laughs> that, we'll, that we'll get to perceive in, in, you know, in our perfected state in the kingdom of God in heaven. And so as, as we, you know, I want us to see that it's not gray. There's not, it's not, I'm saying like, you know, the gospel is gray. I'm saying the gospel is full color. The gospel is so multifaceted. The, the gospel and, and, and our experience with God is so nuanced. I love that word nuanced because we all bring things to the table. God speaks to each of us in in very personal way. And he uses that personal way to speak to others so that they can encounter a different aspect of God that they, in their own, their own perspective, can't see on their own. And so we all bring things of God to the table through our personal relationships with Him, through our journeys with Him, through the way the Holy Spirit wants to speak through us and the spiritual gifts that He gives each one of us to benefit one another in the church. And so that's why it's so, so vital that when we are in disagreement, how do we come back to the table to come to this unity, having the same having the same mind, having the you know of, of the of like-mindedness in the gospel, and I love you know Augustine and reiterated again with uh, I believe it was John Wesley, um, where he said that you know in in first things we need to have have unity, you know in the in the gospel of Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ you know the, the Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Maker of heaven and earth you know and, and Jesus Christ His only Son born of a virgin birth. And you know, and you know, crucified, was died, and was buried, rose again, and rose again to the newness of life, and ascended to the to the right side, to the to the hand of the Father, right hand of the Father, where He sits enthroned. You know, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the the Holy, you know, Universal Church, the you know, the communion of saints, and, and life everlasting. And you know, look at the Apostles' Creed. This beautiful. Those are the first things. This is the gospel of our faith. The the main 
tenets of the Christian faith, who you are as a saint, and who Jesus, who God the Father, God Father, Son, Holy Spirit are, uh, is, and um, so those are first things. And first things we need to have unity. And secondary things, we need to have have charity. Uh, I'm sorry, liberty, liberty. Sorry, sorry. Second things. Unimportant things, like, you know, I wouldn't say unimportant, I would say less important. Things that could bring division, brings that, things that could bring offense, things could, that could bring division and separation um, in the church to say, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't make this a first thing, basically, you know, like things like, you know, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, you know, charismatic or, or cessationist, um, you know, women in leadership in the church, or... Um, how to take communion. It's odd to me that the one thing that's supposed to be the most powerfully unifying in the church is such a, an element of division in the church. Like, if you don't do it this way, then you're not doing it right, and therefore you're not orthodox. And all this stuff, like there's all these different things that divide us that are secondary issues. But in those things, we need to, to let live and let live. Like, we need to have this, 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 this liberty, like allowing people to live um, by their conscience live by the way that God is, is, is freeing them to live and to, and to learn, maybe, maybe gain, gain some understanding and, some, and to gain some, some benefit from the way that other people express and, and experience their faith. Um, and so, and, but in, in all these things, having liberty, but also, but still considering them a brother or sister in Jesus Christ. In the church, having this, this, this way of understanding that people are different than us and being able to still come together around the table to create this this space around the table that welcomes the, the differing opinion, that welcomes the offense so that we can live and let live, so that we can come together to discuss and create a place for us to, to disagree but still have love, to still have this I love you because you're my brother or sister in Jesus Christ, even though we might disagree, but creating that space to hear to hear other people's perspectives and to give your perspectives, to know and to be known and to discuss these, these things, to have understanding. Uh, so the, even though we're not uniform in the church, we are unified in the church, um, having this love for one another, um, even if and when, we're in, when we disagree. And, and, and not, let me say this, like not, not taking into account the offense to say, you offended me, I'm leaving. I'm gonna go to the church down the street. Having this steadfast devotion, having this love for the people that God has placed in your life that you have devoted yourself to, and saying, "These are my people. I'm here, whether you know whether they agree with me or not," and and devoting yourself to life in that church, um, devoting yourself to your brothers and sisters in Christ if you have devoted yourself, because oftentimes it's easy to go through this honeymoon phase where it's like, "Oh, this is wonderful. This is great," and then all of a sudden you get to this place where it's like, "Okay, I might start to disagree with this or disagree with that." You start to see, you know, maybe you know, where you see some disagreement with the people itself, um, and that's where you need to have this liberty. This I'm, I love you. I have the steadfast devotion to you, even though you might disagree completely, polar opposite of me politically, or though we might have some, I can, I have some concerns. I love you, and I'm devoted to your good. I'm devoted to this, to this church, because this is where God has placed me. This is where God has planted me, um, and so. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, and now the third thing, in all things, whether the first thing, second things, or third thing, fourth things, in all things, the most important thing is to have charity. 
And that word charity is is the if you're familiar with the uh, the King James translation of the Bible, is uh, the word that is is translated from the word agape. Uh, so in all things love, in all things agape love, this steadfast devotion to your good, this steadfast devotion to unconditional love, unconditional affection, unconditional preference that I love you with the love of God. Um, and nothing will, in this world will ever change that. Um, so in first things, um, unity. In secondary things, liberty. In all things, charity, love. So I hope that, that encourages you today um, to, to, to perceive those who disagree with you and in these times of disagreement as opportunities. Opportunities to experience the love of God being poured out as you pray for one another, as you come together in conversation. And here's the thing, come together around the table. I cannot say that enough. Come together. When you have disagreement, when you have a source of offense, come together. Don't use this as an opportunity to, to, to give in to the, the temptation to isolate and to to just leave and to just be a f and to just sit in your offense and be and grow in bitterness and grow in in anger and grow in strife use this as an opportunity to pray to engage with your heavenly father to engage with god in conversation about this topic so that you can gain understanding yourself uh, and go and google it you know go and to have discussions with you know with with your pastor go and have discussions with with people and say am i am i just and then come back to the table with the person who you may have a disagreement with. Come to the table to have a discussion about these things so you can engage, so that you can come together and experience God's love, experience the unity of the faith and the Holy Spirit, so that you can, uh, even, if you, even if at the end of it you just still disagree, you still have love. You still have affection for one another, uh, and God's church is still unified and not div divided. Uh, so, hope this has encouraged you guys. I know it's a little bit longer, but I uh, hope this has encouraged you guys. And uh, so, if you, ha if you have any questions or thoughts, just you know, personal message me or email me. Give me a call. Shoot me a text. Uh, we can come around the table. Come out. Come here to the coffee shop and have a conversation. So, hopefully, hopefully this has encouraged you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.